Hey guys, this episode is brought to you by Sinusoid Cables. Uh, they want to promote their new Sinusoid Silver by G&H Plugs, a super low-profile soldered patch cable plug. And also, they want to celebrate hitting 10,000 followers on Instagram. They're going to give away a set of five silver patch cables, Sinusoid swag, and bragging rights to one lucky winner. Enter at sinusoid.com slash 10k with your details. The contest ends July 5th and the winner will be notified via email. Even if you don't enter, you should go over to sinusoid.com slash silver and check out these new patch cables. Uh, I think they're really neat. They're kind of like a really beefy take on the uh, the really small solderless cables that have been popular for a while. Only these aren't solderless. They have a, they have a soldered lead in them which makes them way more uh, resilient and makes them so that they're not going to stop working on you randomly. You're not relying on your, your finger tightening skills. There's a piece of solder in there. It's all welded together. I think it looks really cool and they looked really compact. So go check them out guys. Steve. Hey, right. How are you doing? I'm good. You got anything new going on? Uh, well, um, we've been getting a lot of feedback from uh, listeners and people in the Facebook group saying, "Hey, how do uh, how do I get pedal company XYZ to send you a pedal? Like, why isn't why hasn't so and so sent you their new pedal demo yet?" Right, right. And I'm- and so we thought about it, and we thought like, "Oh, what if we went started a petition on Change.org?" Or something like that. And yeah, then we, we decided that was a bad idea. We had a little bit of chatter on the Facebook group about starting petitions and having like seeing how many signatures we could get to send over to companies to be like, hey, our audience wants to see this. But then we realized that that's kind of awkward because it's not just like about getting the product sent to us. It, we um, we charge money for the demos too. Because it starts, to, it starts to feel like begging at a certain point. Right. So that just kind of feels awkward to me, being the person who's going to be producing the videos. Uh, so we've been talking about it and thinking that a little bit. And I think that like the if you want to see us demo something or talk about something or review something, I really think, well, we really think the best way to go about it is just to write that company personally or to tag us in their, you know, in their Instagrams or social media when you see a product you'd like us to cover and just write them and be like, hey, these guys do a really good job. I'd love to see their take on this because I think the whole petition thing just comes across as too baggy. Yeah, yeah, and you know, we've talked about it before. I actually think the best feedback that um, companies can get is when we do a demo. Absolutely. If you, you buy that pedal or if you just hear us talk about it on the show and something we say is what convinces you to be like you're on the fence and you're like, oh, I don't know. And then you see a demo or you hear us describe something and you're like, all right, I got to get this. Yeah. And you bought even whether you buy it directly from the company or or, you know, you buy it from Musicians Friend or sure. whatever website. When you do your new pedal day uh, picture on your Instagram or your Facebook, uh, just tag us and say, hey, thanks for the demo, guys. He helped me help me. Yeah, I think make that, an informed buying. Decision. I think that's really like the biggest thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, more than saying e- even a little like. I, because that that doesn't just say like oh I really like who the de- the work that these guys do but it says the work that these guys do put money in your in the company's pocket right even if you don't buy the thing if you like the demo like if you're entertained by it you can tell them say hey I really liked the demo these guys did for you you don't have to tell them you didn't buy it yeah they like to hear because they're investing when a company sends us something and we do a full demo for it, they've invested in us and they've invested in our audience, which is you. They've also invested in the uh, the entertainment value of the work that we do. So it's it's nice if you can kind of confirm that for yeah. and also those you can, businesses. You can like our videos on YouTube. You can leave comments. You can do all these things. Yeah, it's all positive feedback that those are the kinds of things that I think pay off in the long run with, with getting absolutely the pedals that you want us to demo eventually yeah. in our hands. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I, I just don't think the petition petition thing is a good idea. The more I thought about it, but you guys can absolutely have an influence over what we do and don't get. Um, companies are very responsive to requests. So go ahead and, and email them out there or do your social media thing. And I'm sure it'll have some, some kind of results for sure. 
All right. Uh, should we stop talking about ourselves? This we feels should stop starting to talking feel about ourselves. A little bit embarrassing. It's weird. Yeah, we're kind of. I feel a little weird, a little bit uh, uh, self-conscious right now. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm looking in the mirror, and everyone else is looking at me in the mirror, and just, you know, a little bit embarrassing. Are you looking at the man in the mirror? I feel like I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I don't know the rest of the lyrics to that song. <laughs> All right, do we have anything else new to talk we about? We don't. That was like our little rant about something so meaningless that <laughs> who cares? This podcast is a, That's could, true. a weekly rant about things that are fairly meaningless. Yeah, but it's entertaining and we care about these things even though they have no bearing on our well-being or how the world is turning out. I mean, unless you vote for Spider King because of us. If you vote for Spider King 2016, the world's going to be a better place. He's only going to eat some people. All right. I guess we're getting right into ads. (laughs) Yeah, Um, let's get into ads. The first one up is one that I found. You sure did. It says Fender Bass, made in Japan, $220. Uh, And then it immediately says, oh no, then it says Fender Bass, made in Japan, is a bullet bass with the gold squire slash star logo. Um, Plays well, sounds great. Real vintage vibe at a beginner student asking price. Um, This guy... Oh, please email me something about a bullet so I know you're really... Again, he's asking you $220. I'm really interested in this. Well, isn't someone in our group going to get it? Someone in our group contacted them, but that person lives on the other side of the country. I think they were just trying to soften them up so I can go in and like... like Swoop it up. Kind of swoop it, swoop in there. The problem is, is um, I'm not going to be able to go in and try to get this for like a couple days after the ad is posted. So I'm hoping that um, it's an uh, obscure enough product, I guess. Sure, that other people that won't grab other it. other people won't really look at it because it just says Fender Base made in Japan. Someone might open and go like, oh, that's a Squire logo and automatically shut down, not right. realizing that it's still J- Japanese Squire. These are really interesting because I looked on eBay first and the price range looked like it was mostly like two to $300. But Guitar Center has two of them on their use site one is four ninety nine. The other one is five ninety nine. Damn. So well, this one looks a little dirty. This one looks a little dirty. I it looks kind of checked. Um, so it it's looks kinda, used. Yeah, but it doesn't look like super thrashed or anything. Yeah. The body looks good. It's just the headstock looks a little rough. Um, but one of the things that's kind of interesting on that end is if I could get this price down to like one seventy five, then it's totally possible that like I could just take get this then run over to Guitar Center and like flip it immediately. The problem is that I've kind of like, this is a back burner piece of gear for me. This a hundred percent your style. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I believe the bullet base should be full scale, 34 inch. Uh-huh. Uh, it's got like the Tic Tac pickups, the, the, yeah. like, the Mustang Tic Tac pickups. Um, or music master bass pickup. Sure. Um, and that's kind of like a problem. Like I don't want to spend like 170, 180 bucks and just, to, then I have another bass and now yeah. I've got like all these basses. Yeah. Um, but it's super cool. Need- Again, this has been kind of like a wish list budget item for me for a while. So, yeah. So I think, well, just so classy too. I think I'm just going to sit on this and Maybe like after another, if it's still up in like 36 hours, then I might shoot the guy an email. Like when, once I actually have a, an idea of where, when a window is that I can go, right. Uh, go down and like try to get, like get it, uh, try to shoot the guy an email around there. And maybe like after, since uh, it'll have been sitting around for like three or four days already, then maybe he'll, be like ready to jump at like a lower price right but, right but we'll see um again like these are just really cool pieces it's a japanese squire which if you've listened to the show for any length of time you know i'm all about fender japan products squire uh-huh. japan products um the only thing i don't like about it is black it is black but i feel like uh i feel like you do you like black custom. I do black you? more than you do. That's that's for sure. Um, but um, as far as bases go, I find the black white aesthetic a little a little overdone. Right. I definitely. And you're like, not going to find aftermarket parts for this at all. No. You could have them made, 
But then I feel like he kind of wouldn't want to either, though. No, I, I definitely wouldn't. Um, yeah. But I've played one of these before. They're definitely weird. The only th- modification I would probably consider doing is putting on a thumb rest because uh, the pickups can be a little tricky. Right. So, like there's kind of just not really a place to rest your thumb on them. Um, but these are cool. I've played these before and I like, I didn't buy them, but sure. They're definitely like fun. Well, like I said, it's totally your style. You've bought a bunch of bullet, uh, stuff before. Yeah. This would actually, this would match my, uh, my Squire bullet one, yeah. uh, which is like the, the little like tiny body. And you got to get it and just get guitar hangers and put them on your wall next to each other. Yeah. Even if you don't play them, like display them. Don't play them. Display them. My bullet wall. That's someone's got to take that right there and uh, make it their slogan for their display case for guitars. Don't play them. Display them. It's, it's catchy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's move on to the next ad, I suppose. Yeah. What's our next ad? We've been going. We're really efficient at this tonight. We've been going through episodes real quick. Uh, next ad is the uh, the flamed hot lips. Because I gotta work tomorrow. Epiphone, you do have to work tomorrow. We're recording on a Wednesday, which is which is weird. The episode Epiphone Flame Cat Limited yep. Edition Custom Graphics Electric Guitar. Yeah, this was sent by Max Hickman. This is five hundred dollars. This is eBay, right? This is on eBay. There's not any uh, text with this. It's okay. There's nothing to say about it. There's nothing to say about this. I don't know. I don't know why we're talking about this. This was a variation on their, on like their Wildcat, uh, Alley Cat type of guitars. Yeah. Um. It's the it's the version that has Bigsby and two uh, mini humbuckers in it, but they just went all out and they were like, I think these guitars kind of came out catching the tail end. Of like the swing revival of yeah, the late '90s, kind of the whole Brian Setzer, right? Hot rod, rockabilly. Hot rod. So these things came with this hot rod flame motif, and the knobs and switches are tipped with red clear dice. Mm-hmm. So it's this whole like Vegas hot rod, you know, kind of like martini douchebag sort of thing going oh on gosh. you know but uh we totally joke about this style thing on the group and in in to each other all the time just like the hot licks hot looks kind of guitar like oh you know my my licks are hot i got the flamed bowling shirt i got a strike i got a, a guitar strap with flames on it i got flames on my shoes I got the Guy Fieri hair. Now I need a guitar with hot licks on it. It's got fire. My licks are hot. Have you heard me play? It's hot. Like I just, it's just over the top, right? Like I think anytime you put fire on a musical instrument, you're you're starting to try too hard, right? Like your your playing should sound hot in air quotations. Like if the moment you have to start telling people in other ways that that you're playing is hot, then it's like people just assume you're a liar. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure in the right in the right setting this guitar would make total sense, but I've just never been a fan. Even in my youth when I made all sorts of bad decisions, I wasn't a big fan of this. And I'm a big fan of the guitar underneath. I I really like the uh, Epiphone Alley Cat slash Wildcat uh line of guitars. Yeah, they're they're um the ones that I've played, not this specific one, but like the the other cat ver- guitars that they've made, uh-huh. um, they played well enough. They play really nice, in my opinion. They're really fast and uh, really quick action. It's a like a compact semi-hollow body, so it kind of feels closer to like a Les Paul size, but it's a little bit thicker, and it's just a comfortable player. So it's not like get you're getting into like a huge like hollow body that you have to worry about. I guess just you hold it close to your body and you can play it really comfortably. I think they're a great design guitar. This whole just over the top like novelty thing just doesn't do it for me. Five hundred bucks, so it's not that too big of a deal. If you have a flame themed band. I guess this is the right guitar for you. Hmm. Please, just please. If if you're a dad rocker. Right. I feel like that could be... have been the topic of one of our shows, talking about dad rock. But yeah, if you're a dad rocker or if you're like just kind of like a cheesy 
like older player who's in like a blues cover band who wants to play up the whole fire thing, like the whole hot licks thing. Like just, I don't know, take a step back and look at your life and maybe like not do that. You can still play guitars and play in a band and have a motorcycle and like slick your hair back if you want. Just like, it doesn't have to be so obvious. Like make something in your life more subtle is what I'm saying. I don't mean to pick on people. If you're in the audience and you're, you're so if mean. You're, if you're listening to this and uh, I'm picking on you and you take offense, I'm sorry. But uh, maybe uh, maybe take some advice from someone who's coming from a different place than you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think, Steve? I just, am, I too, am I too hard on the hot licks guys of the world? Maybe. Maybe a little hard. Um I just think it's ugly. <laughs> no, it is. Um, it's, and I and I think the re- I think the association is lazy. It's just kind of a yeah. It's not a great. I don't know. I'm, I'm. Yeah. I understood these when they happened. Sure. In like 2000 again, like you're saying, kind of coming late off 90s swing revival and the rockabilly yeah. revival kind of kind of thing. Um, but now they just kind of seem weird. Right. I think the only time this is acceptable is if you are in like a hell themed band. Oh my gosh. Like actual like fire and brimstone, like you're themed, like you're like devils and you're in hell is the theme of your band. Or if you have a very, very strong, like no questions about it, no doubt about it, like hot rod theme. Yeah. Like you like Almost like a hot rod is a character in your band, like that car yeah. with hot rod flames on it. Like that's like a ZZ Top type band could almost pull this off. But here, here's what I'm going to say. What are you going to say, Ryan? Limit yourself to one piece of flamed stage equipment oh at a time. God. And that includes your clothing, includes your jewelry, and it includes tattoos too. If you have flame tattoos... This guitar is a no-no for you. You already have enough flames. Just one piece of flame per stage thing, per thing that's per, that's displayed on the stage. That's what I'm going to say. Then I'll give you a pass. How do you feel about that? Is that fair? Or am I, or am I being a am I, am I being a dick? I think you're just a little hard on the whole flame thing. A little. I mean. I don't know. I I, I I mean, this is coming from a guy who dresses up like a freaking dinosaur. That's true. <laughs> So you can you can take it as as much as you want to. Uh, I, I know there has been um, there's been some pushback on some of your opinions where people are just like, "Why is this guy so obsessed with the way other people dress? <laughs> like, why does this guy make so I many the, the whole flame? Per, why does this guy make so many character judgments based on whether or not a guy dr- chooses to wear the same clothes as Guy Fieri?" <laughs> It seems to be working out pretty good for Guy Fieri. Hashtag not all bowling shirt dudes. (laughs) I feel like I want to move on. I don't know what the next ad is because while you were talking about the ads, I was... It's another guitar that I'm going to make fun of. It's this Telecaster that has ladies painted on it. Ah, yes. The uh, custom Telecaster from Eric Bailey. Mm Mm-hmm. So this, I'm not even going to read it yet. This thing has, it looks like it's hand-painted. Uh, it I'm is trying to understand the concept here. There's a few things going on. The concept was that it's supposed to be like a pin-up, like a 50s right. pin-up kind of a look. Uh, so on the top, you know, the round horn of the Telecaster, there looks like there's a hand grenade. Yes, there is. There's two ladies painted on this. One is in kind of like some white lingerie, and the other is in some red lingerie. I'm assuming that's lingerie. It could be a swimsuit or something. Uh, and then there's some kind of red ribbon theme yeah. going on where there's red ribbons kind of wrapping around behind them in a strange way. Um, I'm going to get judgy on this as an artist. I think the art's pretty bad. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to figure out if it circles around to being like folk art level. Uh, I don't know. Kind of outsider I'm, art. Honestly, I mean, a bit. Here, here's here's the I, thing. I, I don't feel like I can say anything without just not sounding. Say it. 
I won't judge you, Steve. Uh, okay, maybe I'll judge you. Okay, so the thing I will say uh, is that is a pro, like in a pro sure. way from a non, I don't, I feel like I'm around you enough that I feel like I've garnered a lot of like, I feel like I have a an above average eye for design at this okay. point. Okay. Where like I can see something and understand why it, why it doesn't exists. work. I don't think I'm quite as like, I don't think I'm quite as opinionated as you because I don't, I just don't sure. have the background. So I think I'm able to see intention more than you sometimes. Sure. Sure. Um, so I have, I have two kind of running thoughts on this. The first thought is that this looks like something off of deviant art. Yeah, that was like made by like a fourteen-year-old girl who was trying to make anime characters. It definitely has that modern anime influence, but then also has. I think the style is just kind of all over the map. The I mean, this is turning into an art uh, critique. So, so that podcast. was kind of like you know, that was my neg my negative thing. Sure, sure. The thing that I think that may I don't know if this was intentional. But if it was, it, I think it was a really solid design choice. Um, God, this is turning into an art. Thing. I know, right? I know. Um, is that the waist of the guitar mm-hmm. is aligned with the waist of the two two women, two characters? Yeah. Um, and I think it, that really works. I think that works, and I think they could have played up that angle a little bit more. Uh, I think I would have liked to see this guitar with one character on it instead of two sure. characters of different styles uh, with one. Uh, I mean, we've railed against kind of like sexy ladies on guitars before, but if you're going to do it, do it is what I'm saying. Um, <laughs> uh, use one character and, and ha- really milk that uh, the waist lining up with the waist of the guitar sort of thing. Um what I'm going to say as a critique, if this person was here in front of me, is what I'd say one artist to another, is uh, it's obvious that you are hiding the hands and the feet because you're scared of doing them because hands and feet are hard, mm-hmm. and that's just something you need to overcome. Uh, if you look at pinup art, people who do really good pinup art, they don't hide the hands and the feet. The hands and the feet are in there because they're good at doing hands and feet. Right. Well, the because ti- they've worked really hard at being an artist. The title of this was custom Telecaster guitar with Americana pinup artwork. Right. So they were going for like for a fifties, like post-war pinup, or like even like wartime pinup kind of a look. Yeah. It says for sale is a custom-built Americana-themed Telecaster guitar. Excuse me, with twelfth fret shield and banners inlay. Um, yeah, so it's got like an American flag shield, I think, Is on that the twelfth fret. Oh, okay. Um, with, I don't see that. It's in one of the like you have to zoom in on one of the bottom pictures. Uh, it's actually oh, the, I see it. There the it is. back. This is a two tone guitar, so the top of it is red, and like the back is white. Um, it says the guitar was built by a local luthier and hand painted by a local artist. The body is string through with two hot humbucker pickups, 16K in the bridge, 12K in the neck, and a push-pull <sighs> toggle for coil tap. Scale length is 25.5 I mean, with 21 be, frets. This should be the flame guitar. Those are hot pickups. Oh, my gosh. Um, they're asking $1,300 What? For this. No. I didn't even look at the price. Yeah. No. I thought this was going to be like $400. It's... Well, you got to... Oh, come on. This was custom made and custom painted, Ryan. Uh, Obviously, that makes it worth a lot of money. That makes me sad inside. I got to start painting guitars is what's going to happen. I'm not saying I'm going to do pinups, but it'd be fun to paint some instruments or paint some uh, amps or cases. I've painted pedals, and I know it took forever. I'm sorry, guys. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, maybe I should... I should tackle this thing we make fun of all the time and paint a guitar. Yeah, let's see. You do it better. I know, right? I need to put my money where my mouth is, right? And do something better. Put your mouth on your money. Put my mouth on and around the money. Put the money in my mouth and paint a guitar is what I need to do. Yeah, this makes me feel a little sick that that's what they're asking. I hope no one buys it at that price. (laughs) This, This thing is so niche that... There's no way it's attractive to anyone but the person who commissioned it. And obviously, it's not even attractive to them because they're selling it. Right. Well, maybe they commissioned it just for sell. That's a bad idea. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, should we move on and try to tackle the topic? Yeah, this... Um, so we can go home and go to bed <laughs> and get uh, to work in the morning? Not too long ago, like maybe uh, 10 days ago or so. Uh-huh. 10 days or so ago, rather. Yeah. Um, relative to the airing of this podcast, not relative to the recording. Uh, Fender unveiled their, um, the, what they call the Fender Mod Shop, uh-huh. which is um, kind of like, I guess, a custom shop, but not really. Right. Well, it, the thing that's interesting to me, I don't know if you remember this, but on a few different episodes, I've basically called out and said that this is exactly what I want Fender to do. Right. Is have, uh, you know, before you've even explained it, I'm going to explain it, is to have various parts available and you can go through a builder online and order a, basically a parts guitar direct from Fender with all Fender parts. Right. So here's what they say. Your chance to create a factory customized model modified to match your personal taste. Select your components and we'll create it for you. Go from purchase to playing in 30 days. Uh, and that sounds great. Yeah. This sounds really great. And I, I went through and I played with the builder and the builder was fun. It didn't have all the options I would want as far as like finish goes. But I think they're just launching this. Right. I think if this takes off and it becomes popular, uh, hopefully they'll do what I've said in the past and they'll have, uh, you know, seasonal colors come in or, you know, special colors and, and small runs and things like that or expand their color library. Because uh, literally all they have to do is keep bodies in stock of certain colors yeah, and pair them with the parts. Like that's what it comes down to. I think the problem that both you and I have is in one area though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, I look at, um, I just pulled it up just to play around with. The starting price on this is sixteen forty nine. This is for the Stratocaster. Uh huh. I'm assuming it's similar for the Telecaster. And then they have two. Telecaster's the same, yeah. And then they have a P base and a J base, right? Uh-huh. Um, but I just, I just want to talk about the one model, the Fender American Standard Stratocaster, and the reason I want to talk about that one is because you go to um, like the Guitar Center site uh, again on the mod shop. It's sixteen forty nine. Um, it's hard to look spec for spec. Sure. Uh, just because the I don't. It's hard to translate the specs, but the starting price for a Fender American Standard Stratocaster is thirteen hundred dollars. Uh, if you were just to like go into a guitar center, right, and buy one. Now you may or may not be able to get the colors you want. Some of these colors might not even be available. I don't know, but you can pick your color. Uh, you pick your fingerboard, maple, rosewood. So you've got some options to that. You pick your pick guard. Um, it's apparently decided it doesn't want to do it. Bridge you have and a, tuners, you have, and um, you actually you get your tuner options. You have pickup options, tuning machines. You do you can pick between the uh, vintage style saddles or like the modern saddles. Uh-huh. Do they have wiring options? I don't remember. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't no think they wiring do, options. I don't think they do extra switches or anything like that for you. No, no. You just pick from three different types of. It's very basic. There's basically five different wiring options. You have uh, three different types of of uh, single coil pickup. Uh, like three, yeah, three different types yeah. of single coil pickups and two different selections of HSS Strat. All of this, $650. Um, I feel like if there's a specific... You mean 1650 Yeah, sorry, 16, $1,649. Yeah. Uh, I feel like if there's a specific color combination you want, then I guess paying an extra $350... To get a unique color combination. But the thing is, the colors available aren't unique. They're kind of stock colors. They're stock colors, but I don't know if they're stock colors that you can, like, get, like, that you'd be able to go into the store and say, well, actually, I want this color. Um, I think most of them are pretty standard. If you can't find it new, then you can definitely find a previous year's model with those colors. Right. And then you can... Well, what's actually kind of interesting is I I think the ones in the mod shop aren't even colors that you can get really? in uh aren't necessarily colors that you rather some I mean, of the, the stu- ones that the colors I was seeing were all kind of standard kind of you know like three tone sunburst uh daffine blue white you know kind of like faded white right well you know. on so on musician's friend for a maple uh for a maple neck fingerboard strat they've got three color sunburst black olympic white bordeaux 
uh, which I think is like a red and Sienna sunburst. So that's only five. Okay, so there are some colors not available, but I don't. I just don't know if an extra three hundred dollars is worth it for one of these things. I'm sure that's the cost of the labor and the extra kind of like paperwork to make these things happen at this point until they get them rolling. Maybe at some point down the future, if enough people use this uh, part of Fender's service, that the uh, operation will get more streamlined and the price can come closer to the uh, the shelf price of an American Strat. But I don't know. It's They're not saying anything in the copy that makes it sound like the parts are any more special or different or that there's any extra care taken care taken into putting these things together. I just don't feel like the extra $300 is worth it. I mean, maybe that's just because of who I am and who we are people who aren't afraid to open up a guitar and change out the parts, uh, on our own. Like at the core of these things, you're really so for for people like us. You're selecting the paint color first, right? You're uh, like uh, this. This has got to be a body that I don't have that color for, and then I'm going to pair the the basic standard stuff. Yeah, uh, effectively. I mean, you're at the base price now. If you if you get different tuners, then your price goes up. Sure. Um, I think for both bridge options are the same price, but there are different options like like that. I, maybe if you went gold hardware. Uh, there's right. a few different things but, that are, but, are a little more expensive. Right. But basically what you're paying three an extra $350 for is for somebody to change out uh, this the can of paint on a sprayer. And I'm betting the bodies are already sprayed and ready to go. They probably are. Yeah. Um, they're not in 30 days. They're not making you a new body. That body's, sure. al- that body's already made. Sure. The neck is already made. Sure. Um yeah, that's fair. Well, the necks are just standard necks. Right. You're you're getting you're basically paying for, like just for custom options. Right. They're putting together uh the pick guard for you with the pickups you want and then they're putting the rest they're bolting the rest of the guitar together. Yeah. So, it's I think the cost is the cost of someone who's not on the the standard assembly line like pull, printing out a receipt or 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 a uh, or an order. And then going through and putting everything together, and then putting it in a box and shipping it to you. Right. So it's. I guess that's where the costs come from. It's not. It's the difference between that and a guitar going down the line of one of five different configurations, and everyone on the line knowing exactly how to do it, mm-hmm. and then just it all goes on the big truck and leaves. You know. So I guess there's extra extra care put into it. It's just. I don't know. For people like us who are very comfortable modding our own guitars and doing this work ourselves, it feels like it's too much. Like for, for $1,600, we both know that we could get something much more interesting going on. Right. And again, like I just, I don't know. It, like I said, I get it. So it looks like if you go with the, the pickup options, you can add another $50 depending on which pickups you want. You can add another $150 depending on which... Sorry, no, just another $50 depending on what tuning machine you want. Uh-huh. Uh, the bridge prices are all the same. Going with gold hardware bumps your price up $200. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but, so, <laughs> along those lines, what I do appreciate about it is going from standard tuners to locking tuners only raises the price $50 because Fender understands when you swap out one... Pro, one pro, piece to put in a different piece and your guitar would be dysfunctional without the piece right you can't just say i added 150 dollars tuners right right like, you have to subtract the price of the piece you remove exactly so fender at least understands that <laughs> they've probably been listening to the podcast that prob- let's be honest you no know, i wouldn't be surprised if there's people at fender who listen if uh if you work for fender and you listen to the show uh hit us up we'd love to work something out uh maybe come up i'm not t- talking about you know, doing product or anything. I'm no, I know. I'm coming up and doing a tour or something, you know, do an interview. Um, so yeah, I, I like the idea. I, I understand people's, um, re, re, revulsion, I guess not revulsion. That's well, I, probably I, a little too I strong. could understand that there is a very, a solid market for these. Yeah. I, I think there are, I think there are people who are, who are guitar players who are like, I want to have some options when I order my guitar 
Yeah. And I flat out don't have the time, the effort, or the ability. And I don't want to learn new things because mm-hmm. uh, guitar is already the thing. Just playing guitar is the thing that I spend my free time on. I don't want to learn new things to modify it the way I want. And they probably look at it like if I buy, if I bought a guitar off the rack and took it to someone to make the modifications I want, then I'd already be paying their rate plus the cost of parts. So kind of, yeah. e- it kind of evens out that way, I guess. Yeah. When you think about it that way, that makes sense. I think people just see it as weird is because it's Fender's doing it with their own parts. Yeah. Like you'd think that they and Fender's the king of factory production and guitars and mm-hmm. and streamlining things and making things as as affordable as they can you'd think that they would have a, a better handle on this to make it cheaper i guess i don't know i'm really bad at math what really what really what oh no i'm not never mind really what i want is uh, to do this with uh the mexican factory <laughs> right right but then i can afford this and then i'll be happy <laughs> I would pay. What would the price difference be for the Mexican factory? Like one hundred and fifty bucks. Like an bucks? extra one hundred and fifty bucks. I would pay that to uh, get a Mexican Fender in the finish that I want with the. So the, you're looking at like seven hundred and fifty bucks for specific finish options to to come in, and then maybe pay an extra fifty bucks for pickups that aren't standard Mexican pickups. Right, but they still have to be like Tex Mex or something. Sure, like sure. Some kind of. Pickup that you would nor- you could already they're, they're not going to come they're not going to compete with your American line right yeah so that's a good point I've, yeah I thought about picking up some of those uh, those Aztec gold ones that are floating around no oh, yeah just because they're already nice and sparkly yeah I you know the more I think about it the like like I said I I get it I don't hate it I do I think if this was I think people would be a lot more open to it if it was the out of the box model is $1,300. Right. If you order from us, our base price is $1,400 or even like $1,449. Like I think people, a hundred extra, a hundred, 150 bucks, yeah. people would be like, okay, like I'm kind of getting the custom experience here. But then they're still making a lot more money because they're selling direct. They're not going through a store with it. Right. And I think what a lot of people are doing is, as I'm sure there are people out there. Who are thinking? Oh, I want a, I want custom shop colors, right? But I don't want to pay, you know, twenty five hundred dollars for Fender. But I might like, even though like a custom shop Fender at like twenty five hundred, three thousand dollars, whatever. Like you were talking about a guitar that's basically like made by right, like a specific group of people. Presumably, the mod shop guitars are still being made by like the main factory workers. They aren't saying ex- where the bodies and next are, but you just have to assume that these are the same level of quality and production as the the factory standard right, line, which you is know? which is good. Yeah, and, but it's not necessarily something people are willing. It's not like to it's pay handmade. an extra three hundred dollars for. Yeah, it's not like it's uh, like a handmade like there's exactly one of the twelve guys in the custom shop worked on it. You know? Right, right. And then I don't know, does any extra prestige come with it? I mean, that's an immeasurable thing. I don't think so. It's I, not, it doesn't come with like a custom shop stamp or a mod shop stamp or anything maybe like they're, that. Maybe they're going to do a stamp. That's the thing is there's not a lot really talking about it. It just says, oh, pick out the mods you want. Right. And we'll do it for you. They don't make it sound like it's really any better than what you would get at the store from like your standard. Sure. Amer- like, I mean, here's here's my thing. I think that this kind of model could easily be a huge portion of Fender's business. Right. Because their product is already so modular and people are already modifying them every single detail. They sh- every part of a Fender you can sh- you can switch out. Mhm. Uh it makes a world of sense for them to be doing this. Is I feel like it just lets a little bit of the steam out of the uh the party that it's cost a little bit more. Yeah. And, you know, I think this is part of Fender's bigger overarching strategy that we've kind of talked about here and there when it comes up is that Fender ultimately is like trying to eliminate middlemen wherever they can. Yeah. I mean, uh, was it like about a year or two ago when they started uh, selling direct? It was like a year ago. Yeah. And they started started selling uh, necks and bodies direct. They started selling necks and... Like they used to just sell accessories, so like uh-huh. small parts, saddles, yeah, uh, bridges, um, like the kind of things that you could buy at your local shop out in like the parts rack. 
Uh huh. Maybe some straps, you know, those types of things. You know, about a, a year or so ago, they started selling like maybe two years ago is when they started selling like necks. Yeah. I think bodies. So you can buy like, like separately. A, yeah. You can buy like an American neck or a Mexican neck direct from them. Yeah. Which is like crazy. Oh, you've, you, you know, you're a studio musician and you want a maple neck and a rosewood neck. Yeah. Like for different songs and you've got. You know, you've got your, you're going to record favorite. all your Maple Neck songs on a Monday and all your <laughs> Rosewood Neck songs on a Wednesday or whatever. Right. I don't know. Um, and then they took it one step further and just started selling direct. Yeah. Which is a model that nobody's really done for a while. Like everyone's kind of done this like kind of three tier thing where, where, you know, Fender, like yeah. where they're manufacturing it. And then I guess Fender was delivering their own bodies to like the retailer and the retailer, t- the retailer send, sells it to you. Right. Now Fender's just saying like, well, we have the internet and it works. Yeah. And we're tired of of dealers like falling behind or whatever. Or like, yeah, you know, we ship it to them and it breaks and then we got to well, do all this extra paperwork. Also just got to be a huge amount of, of just work hours managing all the different stores that mm-hmm. make kind of medium to small orders. And I know there was a big thing in the news years back where like people were steamed because Fender started expecting uh, mom and pops to make these huge orders. Yeah. So they're probably looking at like, oh, we don't have to have like a 30 person sales department here in, in location. Right. If we aren't selling to small time stores, when those people could easily just go online and buy from us directly. And I, and I mean, I guess that's the tough thing is like, this is ultimately like just one more nail in the coffin that it, of the mom and pop store. Sure. Like when, like if this well, is the, the, the place where mom and pops can survive is the used market. Yeah. So yeah. that's, that's where they are living right now. Yeah. Or, you know, brands that will sell to them, mm-hmm. you know, in smaller orders. Right. Um, so overall, like I, I, yeah, this is just seems like another move by Fender to eliminate middlemen. Like it's kind of, it just feels where like they've been, it feels it's like the direction they've been going for a while. Yeah. It feels like two steps forward and one step back, you know, right. Where it's like a set is two steps in the right direction. And then a step that is just feels a little bit disappointing because it's like the thing that I've been hoping for for so long. And then I'm like, ah, that doesn't really line up with my gear buying uh mantra yeah you know what they need to do with this too is they need to go one step further and make make four neck options for stratocaster you know if standard stratocaster neck and big headstock yeah i mean there's a lot of options they could go and honestly if this takes off and it works for them you could i could totally see a future for fender down the road where it's like you get on there and there's literally like 30 different options for a neck, 50 different options for color. Right. With standard color, with like five different seasonal options, you know, things like that. They could literally just fill their warehouses with back orders of necks and bodies and be like, someone's going to order this eventually. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, here's a a strat neck with a C shape. Here's one with a V shape. Here's one with a D shape. Here's one with a G shape and a Z shape. Like they could experiment with shapes that don't even exist. Uh, You know, they can get into crazy pickup routing options and I don't, they can I, get into Floyd. I, I understand what you're saying. I don't think that's ever going to happen. They could get into Floyd Roses and Big Speeds. I don't think and they're going to get beyond, like too far beyond. What if this what became like right a now? third of their normal business? Mm, I think there'd have to be a lot of people saying, like, oh, I wanted to get a Floyd Rose strat in this color with this neck, but you don't have it in your mod shop. So. I mean, me- metal guitar players are a huge thing still. Like they spend a lot of yeah. money. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm just not. All as- they have to do is have the bodies is, is have a bunch of bodies already routed and then spray them and have them in stock somewhere and be like, here's the color options available for Floyd Rose. Right. Um, I mean, that's just, it's starting. I mean, I guess you put it in the order you want, but um, eventually that turns into like some IT guy's nightmare, where it's like, oh, you picked Floyd Rose. Now you like, I've got to make two separate color pages and like all this stuff. Like, it just starts building like a very bulky 
website where it's hard so. to like toggle between options. I don't think it would be that big of a deal. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't design web. I'm just like trying to envision it in terms of like chain layers. Right, right. And, as far as uh, the, the user interface and, on it. And it might, like you said, like it might be something where if this really takes off, where it's like 30% of their business were like, as far as like their online orders. I mean, go, like even if it was a fifth or an, or an eighth of their business, that's huge. Yeah. A tenth, you know. Well, apparently the the total uh, online, which this is crazy to me, but like online business only accounts for like seven percent of the market right now, which is for pretty, Fender. No, for like for everyone. Everyone. That's a huge number, States. though. It is, but it's like I I actually thought it was more with the way like people use Amazon. Yeah, I think th- I think other things start come into play. Like you think about groceries, right? You think about most clothing. Yeah, you know stuff. You think like, about dollar items, like yeah, like a car. You're not necessarily you're not going to buy a car online, right? You're not going to buy Slim Jims online either. Yeah, but you can go you can go to Seven Eleven or Circle K. You're going to get that. And you're going to eat it in your car. You could probably buy a box of Slim Jims on no Amazon. No one buys Slim Jims. I'm going with the it. plan of eating a whole bunch of Slim Jims. It's like a it's like a one time thing. Where you then, were, you then you feel guilty. Where you're for feeling a month, bad for and you want to feel worse. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I deserve this. I deserve this bad feeling. Why am I going into a comedy bit no about idea. Slim Jims? Hot pockets. <laughs> Jim Gaffigan over here. All right. Um, <laughs> it's because it's getting late at night on a Wednesday and we're both pooped. All right, uh, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Sinusoid Cables, Absolutely. Uh, for sponsoring us. Again, go to sinusoid.com, check them out. And like we said at the top of the episode, if you buy one of their cables, say, hey, I heard about you on 60 Cycle Hum. Absolutely. I'm really glad you guys sponsored them, otherwise I wouldn't know about you. Or you could just write them and say thank you for sponsoring the show that I like. Yeah. Because uh, it helps us out in All a right. big way. Uh, this week's song was sent to us by Ryan Tupta. He's in a band called Grey Flood. They're a post-rock instrumental band, and as uh, they started tracking this, uh, he said, Ryan says, I got a small story behind the album that I'm sure almost all musicians can relate to. I'm in a post-rock instrumental band called Grey Flood, and as we were getting ready to head into the studio to record our second album, we spent a day or two before tracking down as many amps as we could, wanting to get an array of beautiful tones on the album. When it came time to start tracking guitars, we had the studio looking like a little piece of heaven with all the amps we had collected. After messing around with an AC30, we hooked up my friend's Top Hat Club Deluxe. Sure enough, we became infatuated with its sound and ended up doing all the guitar parts on the album with just one amp. I ended up buying the amp off that friend because I couldn't part with it. So for all the musicians who know the feeling of falling in love with a new amp, pedal, or guitar and can't seem to put it down, this album was a product of that feeling. Um, the album is called No Death, No Mourning, No Crying, No Pain. Um, we're going to play a song called Twin Oaks off of that album. Um, hope you guys love it. Yep. Have a good one. See you next week. <laughs>